0: to the Redeemed Evangelical Commission, TREM Atlanta. This is a place where we gather together in quality praise and worship of the true and living God. Equipped with the world of God for growth and fellowship with one another. God bless you as you listen to this message. This morning we are going to start by it's my joy to welcome the first speaker in this morning session you all know too well he's there's never a time he shares with us that we are not blessed and I believe that you'll be richly blessed this morning let's welcome Bishop Ruben Olu okay give him a good God bless you as he comes come on Celebrate him, celebrate him. It's not easy to stand here. <laughs> Please, lift it above your head and put it together for Jesus. He's the only reason for our you being. You are the leader, the leader. don't know where you are going. Why should we follow you? the lord praise jesus Uh, once more praise the lord Uh, the reason is because i want you to praise him well (laughs) hallelujah that's the only reason i will be encouraged uh, to minister um, because it is not it's never easy to stand here and uh, minister but I trust God for grace hallelujah I said hallelujah shall we pray heavenly father in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we are so grateful to you it's a privilege to come to you to land at the feet of the master holy spirit I ask That you bless these few few minutes we are spending together in the word of God. To the glory of the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Big Daddy, Big Mommy, thank you very much for this um, very special privilege. I do not um, take it lightly at all. (coughs) Praise God. I'm going to be reading a number of scriptures. Um, verses from a passage of the scriptures in Numbers chapter 33. As I thought about this very special Kingdom Live Edition celebrating our 40th anniversary as a ministry. When I was given this assignment, and as I thought about it, um, the Spirit of God brought something back to my remembrance. It's about the book I read about 20 years there about ago probably a little more than that, written by one of the monarchs in my city. The book was titled, So Far, So Memorable. As I meditated on this conference and the significance of it, I couldn't think of a more appropriate title for my message than that. Forty years. It's been so far. So memorable. We're supposed to learn from this scripture and from the children of Israel on this journey. You will notice that they didn't just take off from Egypt one day and enter the land of Canaan the second day. That is to say to us you don't set out on your journey of life And arrive at your destination the second day. Life, as they say, is a journey, not a destination. So I believe that we are still journeying on to a place that God has in mind for us as a ministry. We are not there yet, but we are going there. Number two. You must keep going if you must get to your God-ordained destination in life. You cannot get to your God-ordained destination in life by journeying a little bit and stopping there. I believe that as a ministry, we keep journeying on that's what will take us to where God wants us to be. But the question is, as individuals, as branches, as a body, are we still moving? Are you as an individual, as a, as a branch, as a zone, are you still moving? Are you still making progress? Because without progress, We cannot achieve the plan and purpose of God for our lives. Thirdly, their journey from place to place was full of different types of experiences. They had different kinds of experiences in all the places that we read about in Numbers chapter 33. Let me call your attention to a few of them that we form seven things that I want us to note on this journey. If you look at the scripture that I read once again um um Numbers 33 Look at verse 1 The Bible says These are the journeys of the children of Israel Who went out of the land of Egypt By their armies Under the hand of Moses And Aaron verse 2 Now Moses wrote down The starting points Of their journeys He wrote down The starting points Of their journeys What is that saying to us as a people? What is that saying to us as a ministry? We must take note of our starting points. You see, I believe that beginnings are very important and they are always very important. A people must not forget their past, they must not forget their history. Because I believe the future Is hinged On the history of the past Without the past There is no future The Bible says Moses always Took note of the starting Points of their journey Where they started Why is this important? Because I believe It will help you to measure Progress And see how far God has helped you in life more often than not we are consumed about where we want to be the goals that we have set our desires where we want to be at each point in time and there's nothing bad about it there's everything good about it but more often than not in an attempt to focus on where we want to be where we should have been. Where we ought to have been. We forget where we are coming from. No matter. Big daddy, big mommy. No matter where we thought we had, we should have been today. We must not forget that cockades. We must not forget that we came here in swamp. We must not forget the first kingdom life in this place. On sawdust and under rafia Ahmad, we must not forget and my wife keeps reminding me of the old days he, she she showed me the flat where she told me big daddy you are never acting others we are living in a three bedroom flat we cannot forget about all that this is trend today. Big Daddy, I met you in your three-bedroom flat in Akoka, behind the church. From there, see what the Lord has done today. I know we are not there yet. I know we have not done everything yet, but thank God for where he has brought us. We must not forget our starting point. Hallelujah. The second thing I learned from here is Don't stop where you are You are not in your final destination yet No matter what the progress that you have made Keep moving, keep going You are not there yet View your progress As steps on the staircase If you are climbing staircase You are midway You don't sit down there and say You have got to where you are going I believe God is taking us somewhere, but we must not stay where we are. We must desire, we must determine to move on in life. Never settle where you are. The children of Israel, as they journey from one place to another, they never settled at any of those points. Next. I believe the third thing that God wants us to learn here today is to refuse to be intimidated by our enemies. The scripture says in that place that I read to you that the children of Israel took off boldly in the presence of the, of the Egyptians who were busy burying their dead. Do you think that at the, at the Egyptians were looking at them that day They were happy with them. Do you think that the Egyptians were blessing them in their hearts? Saying, God bless you as you embark on this journey? No. I believe in all the Egyptians that day, there was an angry look at these people. And that is strong enough to intimidate any person not to embark on that journey of life. I say to you, my dear brethren today, don't be deterred. Don't be hindered. Don't be intimidated by the presence of your enemy. You know that there are, there are a lot of people who cannot take off and do something reasonable in life except they are surrounded by all people who are churning them on. I've come to understand that life is not like that. Many times, people around you don't want to; they don't want you to make progress. Oh, because they don't want you to make progress. Is that the reason you sit down and do nothing? Oh, refuse to refuse to be intimidated by the looks of people. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? In spite of whoever is looking, whatever is thinking, whatever is doing. Whatever he's saying, please get up, get going, keep moving, and you will get there in Jesus' name. Are you surrounded by adverse situations and circumstances? Are situations in your locality unfavorable? So it is with every one of us, but in spite of it, we can make progress. In spite of it, Big Daddy has made progress. And you too can make progress. And we as a ministry, we make progress in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. These Israelites that took off from Egypt were born in that place, they were born in servitude, they were born in bondage. Everybody has a place called theirs. For him in life. I have a problem. With some of my colleagues in ministry. I have a problem with pastors. Who are posted to a location. 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Nothing has changed. I have a problem with that. Started in a two story building at the backside of the town. That was good enough to start with, but not good enough to continue. And then we moved. We moved to one small hall that could take about 50. If five years after we are still in that hall that could take 50, That's no progress. Are you bothered? Then we moved to a place that could contain about 150, 200. That was good enough at that point in time. But that wouldn't have been good enough today. So we made a move. We bought the place over and started building. And then we made a move. We went to a place called Jakbo Village where we bought an hectare of land and built a home. That's progress. Praise the Lord. We we may not have done everything I thought we would have done by now. But you see, as long as you are taking some steps at a time and making some little progress, no matter how small, at a time, people will be encouraged. Let me tell you, One of the reasons people don't like to attend some churches is because of lack of progress. Everybody loves progress. Progress motivates. Lack of it demotivates. So I ask you today, are you making progress? Next thing I want you to remember here as you move, remember God's protection is around you day and night day and night God kept them day and night and that's the reason why I am here today next you have to cross the Red Sea on your way to your destination, to your promised land the Red Sea will be there This is where many people naturally will end up their journey. But the instruction there in Exodus chapter 14 verse 15 was go forward. Go forward. In spite of the obstacle. That's to say in our journey of life there will be obstacles, that will be impediments, blockades and barriers. But please, whatever it is today for us as a ministry, as an organization, as as zones, as branches, no matter what the impediments God is saying to us in this conference, go forward. Hallelujah. Go forward as a businessman. To succeed does not mean that... Um, There will be no obstacle. There will be no impediment. See? And let me also say to you that the fact that no one ever crossed the Red Sea does not mean that you cannot cross. You can cross. You know, Moses died. He crossed the Red Sea. But he died without crossing the Jordan River. But did you notice that Joshua crossed the Jordan River twice? First, he crossed it when they went on espionage. Second, the fathers. God said that to me and I wrote it down. Next on the journey, don't forget, you will get to Mara. Here, the water is bitter. The water of Mara is bitter. That's to say, along the journey of life, you come across some bitter waters of life. Bitter water of Mara. Here, these scars of a genera are inflicted on you. The water is bitter. And you want to learn about these scars of a genera? Ask Big Daddy. A one-time general of the Israeli army, General Moshe Dayan, was a one-eyed general. His people told him, We are goggles we are dark sunshade. He said, Why? Because you are a one-eyed man. He said, I will not wear glasses to cover it. He said. It is part of the scars of a general. Sometimes, in the course of this work, we bleed while we serve. And we serve while we bleed. What do you do to the water of Mara? And you are going through a bitter experience. Sometimes it is in marriage. Sometimes it is in business. Sometimes it is in our location. It's in the church. It's in the zone. The water is bitter. Sometimes it is our experience in the ministry. It's bitter. What do you do? Psalm 84, verse 6 tells us about people who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well the rain also falleth filleth the pools when you get to the bitter spot of life turn it around don't just stay there complaining and murmuring about your bitter experiences turn it around Let me give you two reasons why you don't quit at Mara. Number one, right there, just there, just in that place, there is a tree that will make the water sweet. Right there, right inside that situation, God has designed a mechanism that will your bitter experience around. Don't give up. Don't quit. You see, I've I discovered I'm, I'm so happy. To, I've been tempted to quit many times. But my greatest joy today is that I didn't use those opportunities. Because victory is sweet when you look back and say, ah, this is what I, I would have missed if I quit. Don't quit. There is a tree there. All you need to do is pray that God will open your eyes. There is something you will do that you will put in that bitter experience that will turn it around. And I pray for everyone here today. May God show you that tree. May God show you that thing. In the name of Jesus. Don't quit. Don't quit that marriage. Don't quit schooling simply because it is tough. I told people the greater part, or part of the all the education I have, I had as an adult. Sent myself to school, and all of them, I felt like quitting. I felt like quitting. I remember my diploma days in life. I remember my first degree days. I felt like quitting. In fact, I lost one year because when I, when I started, I backed out. But I said to myself, so what will you tell Shegu? And how will you tell and Feikemi to continue? I dusted my books and went back. I'm happy I did. Don't give up! Don't quit! The fact that... I, I, told, I told my people, why you... Why you say it's tough the school is tough and you are quitting and you take off and you get to the door and you look back you still see some people in class it's an indication that you could have continued don't give up what you see in the marriage that you say is bad you are going to file for divorce others went through However, now we joke a lot, a lot about so many things. Today, we sit down and laugh and say, Ah, you used to say this, you used to do this, you used to do that. No, they were not laughable matters in those days. They were divorceable matters. Don't know whether that's a good English. But the bishop is a right reverend. Turn it around, make it sweet. What's my second reason for not quitting? Is my last point here? The seventh point that I want us to note. From Mara, God will take you to Elim. E-L-I-M. The Bible says, from that place of bitterness, the next point was called Elim. And Elim had 12. Fountains of water and 70 palm trees. Look at that. Look at what people miss in life. They were three days in the journey without water and then they got to where they found water and it was bitter. It was mara. It was in everything for those people. You know they were... I mean... They were were professional murmurers and complainers. It's enough reason for them to want to go back to Egypt. But they didn't know that just one step from there it will be Elim. Oh! How I wish you know that your next step from where you are right now will take you to Elim. Where there are 12 fountains of water and 70 palm trees where you will be refreshed. I prophesy to somebody. I pray for somebody today. Your next step will take you there. You will not die in Mara. Your destination, your destiny is not Mara. You will not die there. I said you will not die there. Big daddy didn't die in Akoka. This ministry didn't die in Akoka. That is why it is so far, so memorable today. Hallelujah. You will not die there. You are getting to Elim. And I like the thing I read. The the thing I read in in verse 9 in Elim. The Bible says, And when they got to Elim, they camped there. They said this place is good. It is good to be here. They camped. They stayed there. At least for a while. Hallelujah. The Lord will get you there. When you get to Elim camp there, cross your leg a little bit. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Ask for a a cup of coffee and some other things. Drink. Are you hearing me? I, I, I I learned coffee from Big Daddy and I learned it well. I was I was I was coming this morning I was I said bring my cup make me a cup of coffee I said I pity people who don't drink coffee I don't know how you live I don't know what you really I don't know what you live on Hallelujah So start drinking yours today <laughs> Praise the Lord Come there enjoy it a little bit If God blesses you Enjoy it a little bit. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? I, 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 I followed my wife to a place where, where she normally buys material. I said, let me follow you there one day. I, I followed her. I, I followed her. And then, uh, and then ah, I said, ah, wow. See what I am seeing. He said, you like anything here? I said, everything here. I said, pick that one. I said, pick that one. I said, pick that one. He said, said, ah, what? I said, pick. When I was wearing rag, where were you? Yeah. The owner of the shop, said, well, ma- my mommy said, this one. I said, ah, I said, mommy, don't go there. That one is this amount of money. I said, you look at me. As you, I look like a poor man, Nabi. I said, sorry, sir. Enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. I want to spend the remaining few minutes to conclude this matter by asking this question Why celebrate 40 in particular? Why are we celebrating 40? Why is it important? What's special about it? For these following reasons number one, 40. It is a time. To reflect on the faithfulness of God. I will mention the scriptures. I will not be able to read all of them. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 5. Yet the Lord says, During the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, Your clothes did not wear out. You nor did the sandals on your feet. So it's a time to reflect on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. In these 40 years, God has been faithful to us. Read also Acts chapter 7, verse 36. Number two, it is a reminder of God's divine provision. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. He said, He humble you, he causes you to hunger. And, and then he fed you with manna and all that and all that. It's a time to reflect on God's divine provision. God has been good to us. God has blessed us. God has provided for us as a ministry, as, as churches, as zones, as individuals. Look at your life. You can't look at your life today and say God has not been good. I don't know about you, but me I remember. And that's why, as a starting point. The beginnings are very important. Do you remember how you came to Trem? Do you remember how you started the ministry? Can you look at yourself today and say, God has not been good or God has not been faithful? He has not pro- provided. He has. Number three, 40 stands for a new beginning. In, Je- in Numbers chapter 32, verse 13, God wiped out the old generation. So that what? So that a new generation could take over. New beginning. We are celebrating 40 today because we are entering into a season of new beginning. 40 represents the age of responsibility. That was the age that Isaac married in Genesis chapter 25. Verse 20. Yeah, he was 40 when he married. And Moses was 40 when he slew the Egyptian in an attempt to deliver his people. So it's an age of responsibility. And that is to say that... As tremites in the various locations that God has planted us, we've been there long enough to do something new. Something new. An age of responsibility. As leaders, we must learn to be responsible. initiatives, take responsibility for certain things. If we must move this ministry forward, if we must advance this ministry, we all must be responsible. Why celebrate 40? So that we may number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom. According to Psalm 90, verse 12, so that we may number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom. To number is not the same thing as to count. When we finish, they will tell they will tell us, they will tell the people who in charge what's the attendance? That's this is the figure. That's different from numbering. In numbering you give, say, you go, you are one, Reverend Oni two, Maxwell three, and like that, and like that. So you know your number exactly. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, even the hairs on your head are numbered. They are not just counted, they are numbered. So that when one falls, God knows exactly which one that fell. God takes care of us that much. But that tells us, you see, that when we are, when you look at yourself, don't just, you don't, you don't just just say, I am, I am getting old. How old are you? I am 50. You should be able to say, I am 50. Not 40 anymore. Not 30. Not 20. As a ministry, we are 40. We are not 10, we are not 20, we are not 30. So we must do things that are compatible with our age today. Let me tell you, even in the natural, at 40, you are not a small boy. That's why they say, a fool of 40. It's a fool forever. You cannot do things that you used to do. You cannot eat the things you used to eat. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot live your life the way you used to live it. We must learn it. I think finally here, finally, brethren, forty. That's a generation. Does it occur to us like that? A generation in the Bible is 40. 40 years. God said to me, at 40, it is time to seriously invest in another generation. It is time to invest In the younger generation. That was the greatest error of Joshua. He did so well, but he lost it after him. It's time to raise another generation. Here I speak with a very serious sense of responsibility. To all of us who are leaders in this great ministry this is the last point i want to make here this morning and i want you to take note of my words the holy spirit impressed this upon my spirit for me this is the most important aspect for me the most important aspect of all our celebrations. If our celebration does not take into consideration seriously this aspect, we failed. And we seriously have ourselves to blame. We must invest Zona pastors, area pastors, branch pastors, different arms of ministry leaders. You know, I've been talking about this and I've been very passionate about this. I believe in continuity. I believe that something started with you does not mean it must die with you. Paul said, let brotherly love continue. Why? Because brotherly love did not start with you. And it must not die with you. Leaders, it must not die with us. But we must do it right. I want to read to you a Biblical principle here. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verses 15 to 17. Please write it down. And I want to read it. It says, if a man has two wives, one loved and the other unloved, and they have borne him children, both the loved and the unloved, And if the firstborn son is of her who is unloved next then it shall be on the day he bequeaths his possessions to his sons he must not bestow the firstborn status on the son of the loved one the loved wife in preference to the son of the unloved the true firstborn. Verse 17 But Israel acknowledged the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. Lead us if we must move this ministry forward, if we must get to the place that God intends for us Pastors, branch pastors, zona pastors, leaders at all levels. We must take heed to this. We must look at this scripture. As we raise another generation of leaders, God is saying put the right people in place. Somebody hearing me, if you didn't hear me say anything, hear me say it. In just a moment of wrong decision, that zone you have labored for, where you have labored for many decades, can be destroyed. He said, give leadership. to the right persons. The qualified, not necessarily the loved. There could be many reasons why you love one child against the other. But God is saying that in leadership succession, that is not a good condition. You can ruin the work of many years. You can ruin the labor of many decades just in a moment of wrong decision. That was God delivering leaders from themselves. God is saying, I want to deliver you from yourself. Don't put a ram peg in a square hole. Otherwise, you mess up the work these people have labored for over the years. Do the right thing. Lead us in this ministry. But we have me tell us, let us do the right thing. No favoritism, no partiality, do it right, that we may get to where we want to get to. Isaac wanted to give the right of the fourth as it was supposed to be to Esau, but he didn't know that Esau had already disqualified himself. God had someone else in mind. Do we have the mind of God in the things that we do? That is what determines what happens next. And I believe this is the most important aspect of our 40th celebration. I like all the things I, I am seeing. I like all the fanciful things around. I like all the glamorous things around. But if you miss it in this area, it can help. May that not be our story. God bless you real good. Once again, big daddy, thank you. Blessing be with you now and forever. For counseling, email trem at tremusa.org. Remember blessed.